0: So, live by law or live by faith? That's the question that we are answering here tonight. And, you know, we all come to faith the same way. It's by, we're saved by grace through faith. Yet sometimes along the way, people get off track. Well, how exactly does that happen? And how do people go from living according to faith and start living according to the law. And that's the question we want to address tonight. What exactly does that look like? This is the focus of our study tonight. And thank you for for joining us here in our Thursday night Bible study. For those who don't know me, my name is Clarence Haynes. Um, And on behalf of my wife and everybody here at the Bible Study Club, we just want to give you a quick thank you for, for joining us. Now, if you are watching on YouTube make sure you subscribe to our channel like it as well if you're on Facebook make sure you like and follow our page and the reason why is that just keeps you up to date with everything uh, that is going on in the club and so again we're just thankful and excited that you' be here that you're with us tonight and I really feel tonight God put something I think special in my heart and I really pray that this would be such an encouragement and a blessing to you. It might be a little bit of a challenge as well, but that's all good. Um, Before we jump into that, just a couple of quick things. If this is your first time with us, know we are here every single Thursday at 8 p.m. um, Eastern Time, so if you're in a different time zone. Um, so, every single Thursday, you can find us here in the Bible Study Club. Also, if you have questions or comments or prayer requests, you can always send them. Send them to hello at thebiblestudyclub.com. I love getting those, and I do my best to try to respond to every single one. doesn't always happen right away, but uh, we make it a point to try to get back to every single body, every single person, rather, who, uh, who, who sends in a request, all right? Now, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to kind of start transitioning into our study. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask tonight simply that the truth of your word would penetrate the hearts of your people. Let it go deep. Let it cut. Let it do whatever it has to do, but let transformation happen as a result. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, before we dive into our session, as you know, we are studying the book of Galatians. We are now into our third week, and two things um, just to highlight. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the gospel, what it is and what it isn't. If you didn't hear that session, feel free to go back and listen to it. It's on our YouTube page or on Facebook. I'm a YouTube channel rather on Facebook. But I had asked some people to send in some acronyms, right? Uh, Some gospel acronyms. And um, so here's what I want to do. I want to just go over one more that was sent in this week. Now, I I never ranked them and put them as favorites, but this one just kind of really got me. And it's kind of like one of my top, it probably is my favorite. This is their acronym for the gospel. And here it is. It says, go on saints, Preach everlasting love. And I just love that. Thank you for sending that. If you have any other acronyms for the gospel, you can go ahead and send those in to Hello at the Bible Study Club. And in the meantime, go on, Saints. Preach everlasting love. I love that. I also got a question um, last week that I thought was appropriate to answer uh, based on what the topic was. As you know, last week we were talking about what do you do if a leader is wrong? And so one of the questions that popped up is how do you know if a leader is open to correction? And I said, you know what, that's a really good question. Let me answer this for everybody because some other people might have a similar question. The honest answer is you really don't know until you actually have to confront the leader with whatever that problem is. So all I would recommend is if you are in that situation and you have to confront a leader, number one, make sure you pray and ask God for wisdom, ask God to give you the right words to say, and then follow those rules that we talked about last week. Um, You know, start in private, get help, go public if you have to. So that, that would be my recommendation. But the reality is, until you actually have to confront the leader, you really won't know if they're open uh, for correction, except they stand up and say it. And sometimes, even if they say it, what they say in public, sometimes when you actually have to do it, some leaders don't always. They may say it, yeah, I'm open to correction, until you go and correct them, and then they're like, oh, what, what's wrong with you? So, again, until you actually have to do it, you really may not know um, whether or not they're open to correction. So. Uh, for sending in that question, thank you. Hopefully that helps. If you have any questions or comments on that, feel free to put those uh, either in the chat boxes there. And by the way, as we go through tonight, um, feel free to write down, put the comments in the comment section. We love getting those. And that also helps with uh, letting people know more about what we're doing here. Our text for tonight, is coming out of the book of Galatians. We're moving along. We're into uh, chapter number three. And so I am going to read. We're going to start at verse number one. We'll read through verse 14. And I'll read it all to you. I'm going to read from the New International Version. And then we'll go back and kind of start breaking some of these things down. Uh, starting at verse one. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? If it really was in vain. So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing or by I'm sorry, or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, No one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the spirit and again what are we talking about live by law or live by faith so let's go back and look at galatians chapter 3 verse 1 and the first thing paul says is you foolish galatians who has bewitched you And when you look at that word in the Greek, the word bewitched means to put someone under a spell, so that they no longer think or act according to reason. All right? So that's what Paul is saying. Who has put you under a spell, so that you're not even thinking or acting with reason? That's what the word bewitched means. So if you think about it, if you've seen a person under a spell, then you begin to behave and act in a different manner. You're acting like someone who is under some other form of influence. I know if you ever watch... Uh, like movies, and sometimes you'll see, like especially Disney movies, they they're full of these types of things where someone would cast a spell on someone, and all of a sudden that person's behavior changes, and they are begin to act differently outside of who they normally are. And Paul is saying the exact same thing: Who has cast a spell on you that you can't even act reasonably? Right? They had deviated from the truth. They had been told the truth that led to their salvation, right? So remember, here's what Paul says. He says, before your very eyes, Christ Jesus was portrayed as crucified. So they had received the very truth of the gospel, and yet now they were acting in a different behavior. And Paul is like, who has cast a spell on you so that you're beginning to think and act without reason, okay? Um, Think about it today, because this happens in our society today. Have you ever seen anyone who gets under the influence of bad teaching or bad theology? what happens is that person begins to change. Their, their thinking begins to change, their outlook changes, and all of a sudden, you don't begin to recognize this person. A lot of times that happens if a person gets under the influence of a cult, they begin to deviate in their behavior, sometimes to the point where you wonder, well, who is this person? Uh, I remember there was a friend of mine, and uh, he was a born-again Christian, loved the Lord with all his heart and was on fire for God. And then somehow he got around some bad theological teaching, and all of a sudden he began to change. He began to act differently without reason, as if he was under a spell or an influence. And this is exactly what was happening. And this is the question that Paul was posing to the Galatian church, because he's saying, wait a second, you have the truth of the gospel. You understand what it meant that Jesus was crucified and, and died for your sins. And by putting your faith in him alone, that's how you earn salvation. You understand all of this. So who has bewitched you so that now you're not beginning to think or act with reason? So this was the question that Paul was opposing. They started by faith, but now somehow you're living or thinking you can live according to the law. Look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 2. He says, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Right. So he's challenging them. How did think back to how did you receive the spirit of God? How did you receive your salvation? And so if I was to ask you that question, just like Paul did, I'm going to ask you this question. Feel free to comment if you like. Right. But how did you get saved? Was it by law or was it by faith? And what would your answer be? And everyone should be hopefully putting the right answer in the comments, right? Or you could say, how did you receive your salvation? Was it by obeying the law of Moses or by putting your faith in the work of Jesus Christ, right? Or how did you receive the Holy Spirit? Was it by obeying the law of Moses? Nope. (laughs) It was by what? It was by faith, okay? And so these Galatians were bewitched. A spell was cast on them where somehow they're now beginning to think that even though they started by faith, they can now live by law. Here's the reality of your walk with God, folks. This walk starts by faith. This work continues by faith. And this work will be completed by faith. It's all According to faith. Now look at Galatians 3.3. 3, and um, this is where we're going to spend a bulk of our time here this evening. Galatians 3.3. 3, are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit, which you could also even say by faith, are now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Are you so foolish? foolish and i want to spend like i said the bulk of our time here this evening and so here's the, the thought that i want you to think about because notice the question right are you so foolish to think that by you begin by the spirit but now you can finish the work by the flesh so here's what i want you to think about how is it possible for you to start in the spirit but then try to finish in the flesh. Obviously, this is a problem in the Galatian church, and remember, Paul is writing this to Christians, so if it's a problem in the Galatian church, there's a good possibility, a good reality, that it's a problem in the church today, and so my question is, how then do you start by the Spirit, and then finish, or try to finish, in the flesh? And I wanna look at two, main reasons why. And the first one is because you put occupation (laughs) before transformation. Now, what in the world are you talking about, Clarence, all right? In other words, let let me outline it, then we'll dig into it, right? It's like you put performance before position, you put your religion before your relationship, or here's another way of thinking about it, you put what you do ahead of who you are. In other words, what you do becomes more important than who you are. And when that happens, you are on the verge of slipping into moving from starting in the flesh to trying to finish. I'm sorry, starting in the spirit and trying to finish in the flesh. And my question to you today is, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever put more emphasis on what you do? greater than who you are, all right? Think of it like this, uh, I walked up to someone uh, one time and, 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 and has this ever happened to you? Uh, I asked them, I said, hey, are you a Christian? And they said, yes, I'm a Baptist, <laughs> or yes, I'm a Methodist, or yes, I'm a Pentecostal, or yes, I'm whatever denomination. Has that ever happened to you, right? Are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a, and they mention their denomination. Well, think about it. When you do that, you have basically identified your Christianity with a religious denomination. And whether you know this or not, there are no denominations in the Bible. There are no Pentecostals in the Bible, or or uh, no Methodists, or no Lutherans, or or no Baptists. Well, there was one Baptist in the Bible, but he was John the Baptist. All right, but uh, <laughs> but there are no denominations in the bible and your salvation folks is not tied to your denomination if you tie your salvation to your denomination then you are beginning to slip into living by the law instead of living by faith because now you're attaching something to your christianity it's all by And here's something I need you to remember. This is an important point. And if you, um, hopefully you'll understand this. The main reason why you were saved is for relationship. Let Let me repeat that again. The main reason God saved you is because he wanted to have a personal relationship with you. Salvation first and foremost is about your relationship with jesus christ your relationship with god the father all of that happening through the power and work of the holy spirit in your life your work your your christian your christianity is first and foremost about your relationship in other words you were not saved to do first you were saved to be first And what do I mean by that? God, first and foremost, is interested in changing who you are. That's the relationship part before he is interested in getting you to do something. And I need you to understand that. If you agree, shout amen. uh, Make it high and loud, right? God is interested in changing who you are before he is interested in getting you to do something. Okay, And when you flip that and when you mix that up, you can fall into trying to finish according to the flesh instead of living and operating by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me, let me show this to you in God's word, all right? So this is not a, a clarency uh, This is the word of God. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 1 and 2. And let me just read it to you. It says, "...therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters..." In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So, what's the first thing we see? God is instructing you, brothers and sisters, myself included, to what? Be holy. Offer your offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So, God is asking us to be. Holy. By the way, the word holy means really to be separated or set apart for God's special purpose or God's special use, right? So he says, offer your body first and foremost as holy, set it apart for me, right? Notice the second thing, verse two, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the first thing he says is be holy. The second thing he says is be transformed. And that word in the Greek is the word metamorpho, which is where we get the English word metamorphosis. And basically that is changing or into another form, right? It's a transformation that God is looking for. And so notice, be holy be transformed and then what does he say then okay offer your bodies a living sacrifice don't be conformed but be transformed to the um uh conform to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will so as you are wholly set apart and transformed right into more and more to the image of christ and then you can focus on god's will and plan and purpose so it's transformation that comes before occupation in god's design who you are that's your being is always comes before what you do that's doing being is always before doing your transformation is always before your occupation, and when you put too much emphasis on what you do instead of who you are, then you can fall into this uh, flesh-based Christianity where you're trying to attain it by works of the flesh instead of depending on the Holy Spirit. And the reason why that happens is because you find your worth and your value in what you do and not in who you are. Let me share something with you folks your value to god is not defined by what you do your value to god is defined by who you are and i want that to sink deep into your heart because this is how it flows god sees you valuable not because of what you can do he sees you valuable because of who you are and if you lose that And you're going to fall into potentially works of the flesh to try to accomplish what you think God wants you to do. See, here's how this works. God focuses first on changing who you are, and then he moves you into what he wants you to do. So consider these thoughts, right? Your salvation comes by faith. And what does that do? That changes who you are. right? Then you receive the Holy Spirit by faith. What does that do? That changes who you are. And then after that, God does what? He moves you forward and calls you into the thing that he wants you to do. And if that makes sense, just shout out, give me an amen, um, or I agree, or preach it, brother. Do something like that. (laughs) Now, here's here's proof of this. And and I want to share another scripture with you. And this is one of my favorite verses in all the scripture. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. But here's what it says. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So what do we see there? You folks are God's masterpiece, right? What is the first thing he has done? He has created you brand new, made you a new person, this, metamorpho, this metamorphosis, this transformation. He has made you anew in in Christ Jesus. But notice the rest of the verse. So (laughs) he made you anew in Christ Jesus. So, so what? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So you see, you see how this works before God gets you to the place of doing the good things that he has designed and planned for you to do. The first thing he wants to do is make you brand new and transform who you are. It is always transformation before occupation It is always who you are before what you do. Being is always before doing. And here's often what happens, folks. And here's how it should work. What you do should flow out of who you are. What you do should not define who you are because who you are, you are in Christ, right? And when you focus on just doing, you become vulnerable to living after works or living after the flesh. And what happens is because you have this motive that if you do more, you can please God more. That, folks, is not how it works. And sometimes people, here's what happens, and this, these are some of the thoughts that people have, and maybe you've had some of these, right? You might think, well, if I do more, I can please God more, right? So, And the thought becomes, I've got to do more because if I do more, it'll make God happier. And sometimes we think that way. Or, I've got to do more because i got to make up for all the lost time that I spent living in the world, and so... I spent X amount of years in the world. Now I'm saved and I want to make up for all the lost time. So let me do more so this way I can please God more. Let me share this truth with you, folks. You don't or can't win God's approval by what you do. That is living by the law. You win God's approval by how much you believe. That is living by faith. If you think about it, when Jesus walked the face of the earth, very i don't i can't find the time if there is please let me know where he commended someone for what they did but he often commended people by how much they believed see that's the key notice galatians 3 5 and 6 so again i ask you does god give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard so also abraham believed god And it was credited to him as righteousness. So first and foremost, remember this, folks. God saved you for fellowship and relationship first. And everything else flows out of that. When I was in college, uh, 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 someone I knew, I used to be involved in a Christian club in college. And we had a a worker who was kind of like our overseer. And he told me this in college, and I never forgot it. He says, Jesus called the disciples to himself first. And then he sent them out. You see? And that's the same thing. God calls you to himself first and then out. And that's the way it has to work. So if you are out there and you are trying to serve God, fantastic. That's a wonderful thing. But don't try to serve God at the sacrifice of your relationship. Because God is interested in who you are more than what you do. Okay? So let's get that under. uh, that's, That's number one. So. Here's a question again, I'm just gonna pose it to you when you look at the second part, right? How is it possible for you to start in the spirit, but try to finish in the flesh? So here's a second way you can do that. That happens when you don't truly understand grace and faith. Let me explain. You probably know and understand that you are saved by grace through faith. Most people get that. Here's what people miss everything that god does in your life after that guess how it's done it's done by grace (laughs) through faith we said last week that god uses you in spite of who you are not because of who you are right god uses you because of grace through faith and i need you to understand that okay It has to be, think about it, it has to be grace by faith because let me ask you this question. Which one of you are bold enough to come before God and say, you know what, God, I've done everything right. Now give me what I deserve and use me the way I should be used. We can't do that. The reality is God does everything in your life by grace through faith. Everything that happens in your life is by grace through faith because if it's not that, then what's left it's law and works and that's not how it works see i want you to think about this for a moment you don't have to work harder to get god's attention if you want to get god's attention simply believe more all right and, and, and that's a, a shift right people think i got to do more to get god's attention no you don't you have to believe more to get god's attention right? Believe more of his word, believe more of his promises, believe that he's going to do what he said he will do. And when you do that, that is what gets God's attention. It's grace through faith. And since everything is grace through faith, the key then to becoming more in God is you have to learn how to receive more. The more you receive from God, the more effective you become. The more of his love you receive, the more you love. The more of his power you receive, the stronger you get. That, folks, is how it works. You have to learn how to be a receiver of God's grace in order to empower you to be the person that he wants you to be. And this is exactly opposite of what the law says. Because here's how it works. The law will say do more. Grace and faith will say receive more. The law will say it requires more of your effort. Grace and faith says it requires more of God's strength. The law limits you to your own abilities. Grace and faith gives you access to God's unlimited power. The law says, I'll figure it out. Grace and faith says God will make a way. The law puts the pressure on the, and the burden on you. Grace and faith puts the responsibility on him. If you live by law, you will walk in anxiety, never knowing if you have done enough. If you live by grace through faith, you will walk in peace knowing that he is more than enough. You see, ultimately, the reality is if you live by the law, the law will kill you. It'll kill your spirit. It'll kill your joy. It'll kill your relationship with God. But if you walk by grace and faith, it will allow you to live the abundant life that God has set out for you. It is all by grace and And faith. And my question to you today is, how do you want to live? Do you want to live by this law that kills you, or do you want to live by grace and faith that gives you life? That, folks, is how God has set it out. And when Paul was talking to the Galatians, they were under a spell because they thought somehow they could start in faith and make it in the flesh. And that is not how it works. That is not how God has designed it for you. It is all By grace through faith. There's this old song. um, For if you're you're really young, listening to this, you may not know this guy, but his name is Lornell Harris. Uh, This takes us back to the '80s. He was pretty, pretty popular back then. And he had this song. And 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 here are the lyrics of the song. It's not in trying, but in trusting. It's not in running, but in resting. It's not in wondering. But in praying, that we find the strength of the Lord. Think about this for a moment. You see, trying and running and wondering, what is that? That is human effort. And in your human effort, which is what the law is and which, what the flesh is, there's no strength. But in trusting and resting and praying, that is grace and faith. And everything, all of your strength, is found in the trusting, in the resting, in the praying. That is where you find the strength of the Lord. Go back to to Galatians for a moment and think about it. Notice everything that happens by faith. Um, We receive salvation by faith. You receive the Holy Spirit by faith. You are declared righteous by faith. You receive life by faith. But notice what happens when you try to do it under the law. God says you are under a curse and those who depend on it are under a curse. And so what you have to recognize and understand is that if you don't understand grace and faith, then you're gonna become what I call a Galatians 3, 3 Christian. After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? One more thought. Um, Does this mean then that you don't have to work in order to accomplish what God wants to do in your life? And the big answer to that question is no. Uh, The Bible says faith without works is dead. However, you have to put works in the proper perspective. Here's how it works, guys. You don't work to win God's favor. You work to fulfill God's plan. Think about what you do in ministry, right? Are you serving in any ministry or what career are you in? What are you doing? Are you doing that to try to win God's approval or are you trying to fulfill God's plan for your life? You see, I think a lot of times people in church end up serving because they're trying to win approval. Approval of someone in the church, approval of the leadership, approval of God himself. That is not why you work and do what God has called you to do. You do it because you are fulfilling God's plan for your life. So whatever capacity you're serving, whatever career you're in, whatever you're doing, if you're a husband or a wife, if you are a mother or a father, if you are working or in a secular environment or in ministry, whatever, if you're volunteering in the church, why are you doing it? Not because you're trying to win God's favor, but because you're trying to fulfill God's plan. In John 4, 34, Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So the question I have for you then is, how will you know (laughs) if you are actually fulfilling the plan that God has for your life? And this takes it back to Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? If you would focus on being holy and being transformed, Then you can understand whether you are in God's will or not, right? Um, Let me read it to you again just so you you can make the comparison. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, pleasing and perfect will you see how that works you see the beauty of this whole simple thing when you understand who you are and you understand the transformational work that god wants to do in your life by the power of the holy spirit you'll be able to clearly decipher whether or not you are doing what god has planned for your life in other words it all goes back to faith if you live by faith or not, okay? So it goes back to faith because anything else that you do, you're gonna be forever chasing and never catching. And what God is desiring to, for you to do tonight is to finish the way you started. You started by faith, develop your relationship with Jesus. That's do that by faith, live by faith, walk by faith, work by faith. And when you do this, you will become the person God wants you to become. And when you do that, you can then do everything that God wants you to do. And so the question I'm going to leave with you tonight is the same one that I started with. Do you want to live by law or do you want to live by faith? And My prayer tonight is that your heart would be compelled And drawn and encouraged to live by faith let's pray father i thank you for every single person who has heard this tonight god i ask right now lord that you would begin to shift people's thoughts not to trying to do more to please you but trying to be more so that you can change them and by changing them allowing them to do more And so, God, I pray if anyone is struggling with this, if anyone is dealing with this issue, Lord, that you would settle it in their hearts once and for all, that it's you who wants to change them, to make them into the person you want them to be, and out of that, you can do everything that you've called them to do. And I give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, well, hopefully I pray that that was a blessing and an encouragement to your heart Um, because this was really an encouragement to my heart as well. And you might be out there and you have never taken that first step of faith. Well, here's the first step you have to take. You need to enter into that personal relationship with Jesus Christ himself. And how do you do that? You do that by putting your faith and your trust in the finished work that Jesus died on the cross and completed on your behalf. And if that's what your heart is, if you've been wrestling with this, and you want to settle this matter once and for all, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my life. I don't put my trust in anything I've done. I put it solely in everything you've done by dying on the cross for my sins. Come into my heart and forgive me of all my sins and make me brand new today so I can be the person you've called me to be. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, if you've prayed that prayer sincerely, then guess what? God has begun the process of transformation. He is molding you and making you brand new in Christ first because he has a wonderful plan that he wants to fulfill. So what we're going to ask you to do is if that is you, then please, please reach out to us. Send us an email to hello at thebiblestudyclub.com and somewhere in the email, in the subject or in the body of the email, doesn't matter. Just put, I prayed the prayer. And we want to reach out to you to help you get started in your journey. Make sure that you get started in the right fashion. A couple other things. Next week, (laughs) uh, here's what I want to do. I didn't have enough time to do it this week. So we're going to do two things next week. Next week, I want to give you some really practical suggestions, I'll do this at the beginning, of how to live by faith, right? Uh, I think we've outlined the importance of it, but I want to show you some really practical suggestions of how to actually live by faith and make sure you're not living according to the law. And then we want to cover the topic. Here's the topic for next week. Why your traditions may be killing you. Uh, So that's what we're going to talk about next week. And so we encourage you to join. And by the way, if you like this, if this has been a blessing to you, please make sure you like it and share it. If you have not done so yet, please make sure you follow us on all of our social pages. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and share the link. If you're on Facebook, make sure you um, like and follow the page and again, share this as well. I also want to encourage you to do something as well. As you know, we meet here on Thursdays. But I also want to make sure you get connected with a local church. Um, We're meeting via the web, but make sure you're connected to a local Bible-believing church in your area. And by the way, if you're searching for one and you're not sure of what they believe, then please reach out to me or reach out to us here at the Bible Study Club. Send us an email to hello at the Bible Study Club. Send us the website of the church, their doctrinal beliefs, things like that. And I'll be more than happy to look at it for you or someone here will look at it. And we'll definitely get back to you and just let you know whether, hey, that's that's biblical or not biblical, especially if you're not sure or if you have questions, we'll be happy to vet that for you. Uh, just to make you aware of a couple other things, um, uh, we have our podcast available that's on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just find your favorite podcast provider and search uh, for The Bible Study Club. You can also, um, again, if you have prayer requests or comments or emails, please send those to hello at Club.com. We do have a prayer team of people available to lift up your requests before the Lord in prayer. Um, And you can go to our website if you want to find out more about me or our ministry, go to ClarenceHaines.com. And as a reminder, I write for BibleStudyTools.com as well as Crosswalk.com as well. Well, I pray that this uh, broadcast has been a blessing to you. And don't forget, tune in next time. We're going to get some practical ideas and suggestions on how to actually live by faith. And we're going to answer the question, why your traditions? may be killing you. Thank you for being a part. We we, uh, we love you. God bless you. And we will see you next time in the Thursday Night Bible Study.